Okay, so uh, some archaeologists uh, dug up in in Egypt around the city of Alexandria this uh, black sarcophagus. Right, it, it, it measures uh, something like six feet by nine feet, and they think it's been in the ground. It was like 16 feet in the ground. They think it's been in there for about 2,000 years. Um, first of all, no one knows what or who is inside this sarcophagus. And for all of our uh, low intellectual listeners, that means like a tomb or like a crypt or like a coffin, right? So wait, wait. Usually these sarcophagi, see what I did there? Usually these sarcophagi. So the sarcophagi are usually in specific places, right? Where we know who's in there with like hieroglyphs that say, this is the tomb of King Tut or whatever, right? Yeah. This is basically an unmarked grave. There was no sign. <laughs> there were no, no, no writings, I guess, that would indicate who it was other than it was probably an Egyptian of some wealth and importance. <laughs> All right, but here's but, the question. Do we open it? Because do we want the mummy returns? Because this is how you get the mummy returns. <laughs> I think the only people or the only person that should open it is Brendan Fraser. Anyone else he opens it? He is by it? far no. the most well-equipped. Yes, absolutely. He can swing it on a vine and open it. And he'll be fine. Plus, he can take it to the center of the earth. And that's probably about all he could do. Also, he may have known this person in a previous life in Encino man but with that welcome everybody to the subjectively correct sports podcast we have a very special guest today Adam Henderson my brother so I'm recording with Adam in Las Vegas Anthony is at uh, at home in Dallas and we're here to bring you the only sports show on the internet or podcast where you get guys talking about sports and other stuff, right? So let's get well, to it. That was that was smooth, David. Thanks. It was the best segue I've ever had. Buttery smooth. Buttery smooth. And Adam with his first contribution. Thank you. Buttery smooth. Hey, Adam. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, yeah. another smooth transition. Good. All right. So I want to talk about the story that happened recently. So the Green Bay Packers, for people who don't know, they're a publicly traded franchise company thing that's a uh that's an nfl team what did right? i say you, no you didn't say anything you said green bay packers i think my mom listens to this podcast so we should let let them know which sport we're talking about good call okay so the green bay packers are a <laughs> professional football team who plays in a league called the nfl which is split into two conferences one was formerly the american football league the other one was the national football league by itself and now there are two conferences the american football conference um, which constitutes all of the teams that were in the american football league before when they merged right so they call it the nfl with the american football i'm gonna stop you this is boring Adam, another valuable contribution. Thank you. Okay, so the Packers are a publicly traded company, basically. So all of their financials have to be made public by law. So that's the only way we get a lot of this information about NFL teams and what they make. So the revenue share numbers came in. And I, off the top of my head, I don't remember. Was it $255 million of revenue share? $255 million to each team. Yeah, a check for $255 million. Okay, and that doesn't include jersey sales and 
tickets and concessions and whatever other sponsorship deals and stuff they have in the stadium, around the stadium, during their local games and stuff, the local radio oh, you, hits. You know they're pulling in twenty million on Bratwurst sales alone. Oh, just in Green especially, Bay. especially in Wisconsin. <laughs> Imagine the cheese sales. They probably make twenty million dollars a year on the cheese heads. The curds alone, David. On the curds alone. <laughs> but this brings up an interesting point. So everyone was saying ratings are down. The the league is suffering because of protests and other problems that they're having and things like that. But the numbers would indicate that that is bogus. I mean, $255 million just in revenue sharing per team, the league's doing fine. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how that compares to previous years. Um, but either way, that's $255 million, and I think they're... they're salary cap the team salary cap is something like 177 million dollars i think i read that somewhere right and so they're clearing just on the revenue share share check what 80 million dollars that's not counting all the other money they're bringing in so yeah these owners are doing just fine right and that's uh, why these teams are selling for billions of dollars right yeah so yeah, I, I agree. Like, no one wants to hear billionaires cry foul, right? right. That they're not making that they're not making enough money. Uh, at the same time, you know, they're shelling out for these teams, right? They're coming out of their own pocket to own them. I I don't begrudge anyone from wanting to make more money. Yeah, of um, not. But that goes the same for the players too, right? right? I feel like you should compensate the players um, what they deserve. Yeah, and I feel like uh, the NBA has a much better CBA than the NFL does. The baseball contracts are insane, and that's because, I don't know if you knew this, but Kurt Flood was a baseball player, and I think in the 60s or 70s, right when color TV was big. That's how I remember. But he was the first baseball free agent, and he sued the league so that he could be a free agent in baseball, and that was the first sport to have free agency. And so it makes sense that baseball would be ahead of football in this when they're not really ahead of the other sports in anything. Yeah. And, and the really like kind of tragic thing about the NFL, it's the, the league where the most injuries occur, where your, your career is cut short most often. Right. I think like players average have like an, what, three, four year average in the league, something like that. Yeah, well, do and, you remember a couple of years ago when DeMarco Murray was one of the best players in football? Yeah. And now he's retired at 30. And now he's retired. Yeah. Yeah, you Barry Sanders, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, retired in his prime, right? Just because he didn't want to take the beating every week. And these contracts are not guaranteed, right? In the NBA, you could sign a $150 million contract, tear your Achilles, and never play another game and make all $150 million, right? The NFL, um, if you're injured or your play declines, doesn't matter how long your contract is or for how much most of these contracts are not guaranteed so they could cut you uh, in the middle of the season at the end of the season and you don't get the remaining years on your contract and is that a players union issue is that an nfl players union issue should they just get rid of whoever's in charge of that and start over with a new cba because it seems like the more and more we talk about it here the more and more the other leagues have it figured out when it comes to playing their players paying their players Really well, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's definitely a collective bargaining issue, um, and it needs. To, what needs to happen is the players need to lock out to the point where it hurts the owners. The problem is, like we just said, whereas in baseball and the NBA, 
you can take off a year or two and still be in your prime in the NFL, you may only have a two or three year window to make money. And so who are we to tell that NFL player that they need to sit out a year and take a year off of, you know, their, their potential time to, to earn money for their family. Um, so to benefit, you know, the next generation of players, it's, it's really hard. And I I don't know that you're going to get anyone to really do it and football so weird not weird but it's so different than the nba where the nba is so star driven right if lebron sat out if kd sat out the league would really suffer any one football player or group of football players is not going to make that big of a difference we've all seen the replacements we know how this goes keanu reeves is going to come in and save the league and do a dance i don't remember the dance i think this is all part of a bigger narrative about the NFL and how it treats its players affects how people perceive the league as a whole. Like you just said, the NBA is very successful because it's so star powered. I feel if the NFL marketed their players more effectively and put them on a pedestal like LeBron James or Kevin Durant or anything, that it would be even more successful than it is now. And people would, wouldn't be saying, Oh, I'm, to stop watching football because of how they're treating players. And, or I guess it's also about right, but, stuff. But I see what you're saying. But it's such a difficult sport to connect to the players. They're wearing the helmet. We can't see their eyes. The only time we see their reactions is when they go to the sidelines. And, you know, Cam Newton's yelling at the head coach. And he's like, oh, that's not good. That's bad leadership. He's immature. Tom Brady does the same thing. And he's a fiery, passionate leader. We can get into that later. Or not. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can. I don't know. Also, like, the team is so big, right? There's, like, 50-something players on an active roster. 55 like, by the end of, 55, these, uh, by the yeah. end of the season, yeah. In baseball, you have a 25-man roster. In 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 uh, basketball, you have a 12- to 15-man roster. And so you can actually, like, know all the players and know about them and follow them individually. Like, there's no way I'm going to learn 55 players' names or really care about that many. And so, yeah, I, I think there there is some disconnect between the fans and the players. And it's something that's hard to uh, – I think it's going to be hard to to address. I just don't know how they, they overcome it without some kind of significant lockout. And I don't know if any players are really – um, be willing to give up. Right, and money. that reminds me of, you talk about it's hard to put the players on a pedestal because it seems like there are very few players in the NFL that aren't plug-and-play. Like DeMarco Murray, like I said, on that Cowboys team, he was a phenom. Everyone thought he was one of the best running backs in the league. What is he going to be later? We were all looking at DeMarco Murray. He goes to the Titans and disappears and retires. So it makes me think, who could have dominated like he did with the Cowboys offensive line. Could it well, have been I think you saw, you saw it the next year with Ezekiel Elliott, right? Yes. He, he came in as a rookie and, and was one of the best running backs in the league. And was he really one of the best running backs in the league? No, he had one of the best offensive lines, and he took advantage of it, right? Just like Emmitt Smith did all those years. Right. Um, and and that thing, that's one of the problems with the NFL. We don't know who's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't know who's me, good at all. Yeah, yeah we don't right. know. I mean, Tony Romo knows. He predicts plays for crying out loud. But you, me, and the guys on the couch, when we're watching basketball, we watch LeBron James dribble through three guys and dunk on JaVel McGee. Oh, he's good. Well, we even, watch... even the NFL GMs don't know who's good, right? right. How many whiffs are there in the draft? Or, or even, like, uh, what's his name, Matt Flynn, who was Aaron Rodgers' backup? Was it Matt <laughs> Flynn who, who got, like, a massive contract from the Seahawks and right. didn't ever start a game? Right. 
He had like three he, he had, amazing he had one starts. Awesome game because he had Aaron one Rogers awesome game for the Green Bay Packers when when Aaron Rodgers was resting at the end of the season, and because of that like seven touchdown game or whatever it was, the Seahawks signed with this massive deal, and Russell Wilson came in and won the starting job in trading cap. And so like even these GMs can't evaluate talent properly. Like how are we supposed to? Right. And so I think that's one of the major disconnects too. Like basketball, you can tell who's good. Baseball, you, it's easy to look at the stats and tell who's good. But football. Man, it's just such a team sport you don't know. You know what I do know, though? Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady. How do you know that? The eye test, Adam. I was going to say, did some guy on ESPN tell you that? No, I just feel that way. Okay. He's pretty good. Aaron Rodgers wants it more. (laughs) He has a greater will to win. Exactly. The clutch gene. So this whole conversation about, like, players getting their money, though, uh, I want to take it a different direction. So Ronaldo... Cristiano Ronaldo, soccer play, Portuguese soccer player, who, uh, who had an exciting uh, couple of games <laughs> in the World Cup before his team got eliminated. Um, he recently transferred clubs from um, Real Madrid to Juventus. I don't really know how to say it. Juventus. Okay, whatever. It's Italian, Anthony. An Italian club, right? Aren't and he's Italian? getting paid $282 million over four years. $282 million over four years. That's $70.5 million per year. Okay. It's a lot of money. $70.5 million. LeBron James, the best basketball player in the world. Ever. Uh, signed signed a, a four-year deal, deal as well with the Lakers, and he was maxed out at, hundred. I think it was about $153 million over four years. And when you years. say maxed out, you mean the, the rules of how the salary cap works in basketball means he mm-hmm. can only get paid that much. He can't get paid. He more. got paid the most amount of money he could possibly be paid over those four years. And he was it was capped at $153 million, which, you know, for most of us would be a pretty decent living. Like 38 okay or 38 million and change per year. I could um, live with that. But he's the very best at what he does in the world. Right. And you have some sports like baseball and soccer uh, where players aren't restricted in what they can earn. And so you get a player like Ronaldo, who's proven his value to the league and to to fans, and he gets paid $70 million a year. So I guess the question is, if there weren't a salary cap in football, in basketball, what would these star players be making? Um, because if I'm an owner, I'm going to pay whatever it takes to retain them. I know exactly what you mean. So Cleveland, the city of Cleveland and the Cleveland area, got an economic boost because LeBron James lived there and worked there, right? And now Los Angeles, a team that doesn't need the LeBron bump, is going to get the LeBron bump, and it'll move the needle. LeBron can move the needle in any city in the world. And I don't think Ronaldo would do the same thing, well, at least in America. I was going to say, he'll do that just about anywhere else in the world, just not America. Yeah, just not America. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, well... So, so like the Warriors, for example, right? I think uh, the owner Joe Lake bought the Warriors for something like four hundred and something million dollars, right? Several years ago, and uh, the team was like recently valued at two and a half billion dollars. Yeah. Oof. So what? And that was before KD came right. over. So like, what is Steph Curry's worth, right? He, not that he did it single handedly, but he was probably the biggest factor in in them becoming a championship team. And so his his value is maybe a billion dollars, maybe more, right? Especially um, to the owner. 
to the owner, these to players the are owner. worth a lot more than they're getting paid. And LeBron's been saying that for years. He's been saying, because of the rules, I'm not getting paid what I'm worth. Yeah. So I, it's not going to happen. There, there's no scenario where NBA players are just going to start making whatever uh, ownership is willing to pay them just because the no the owner the, it's already locked in right they've already got a collective bargaining agreement i think the owners would revolt um it would take the player sitting out again we'll see i don't know i just i just think it would be really interesting to see what what these players could actually be worth and i think the ronaldo to lebron is a perfect comparison to the same age they're considered the best at what they do and like i said they move the economic needle so i think that's a really good comparison So, David, did you watch the uh, the World Cup? I did, as much as I could. Um, yeah, what about you, Adam? lost, I was like, eh, I don't care as much. But, yeah. yeah, I watched as much as I could. Yeah, what about you, Adam? I caught some clips here and there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I actually fan. ended up watching probably, I don't know, six or seven matches in the whole tournament, which is six or seven more soccer matches, I think, than I've ever watched before. So uh, it was a it was a banner year for me and my football, sorry, soccer watching. Uh, and I I kind of uh, really started to like this Croatian team. I got really pumped when they uh, they beat Russia in penalty kicks um, in the quarterfinals. Uh, and uh, it, it was just really cool to see them. They ended up losing to France in the World Cup final. Uh, France was just clearly a, a better team. It looks like they have more star talent. Um, and it was it was really cool to see the celebrations afterwards. So um, France just went all crazy. They had Bastille Day the day before um, the World Cup final, so they were already in party mode, and it just carried over into their victory. But then I, they, they had some images from this parade in Croatia where they were welcoming the Croatian national team home. And they, they said 500,000 people showed up to welcome just them. To- just to welcome the team home, like at the airport? Just, just to celebrate them. Well, it was like in some square. I think they, you know, had some kind of parade, right? But 500,000 people. Do you know the pop, what the population of Croatia is? You ready? My geography teacher is going to be proud. Four million. That's right. Just a little over four million. So that's 12% of the country <laughs> was there to oh, congratulate the second place team. Right. And they, they obviously overperformed. It was a great showing for the country. Um, everyone was super excited. But this got me thinking, what could possibly compare to that for America? What would be America's World Cup? Because, you know, soccer is gaining in popularity. But if we won, um, I mean, it's it's news, but it's not like the whole country isn't taking the day off and celebrating. Right. Is there anything that would get America so excited uh i got on a sports level where we would just kind of collectively uh get together and celebrate this achievement i can't think of anything because there is nothing we definitely don't care about soccer that much although maybe in 20 30 years that'll be the case we'll see if soccer continues to grow but i think we're so used to the best basketball teams being here the best baseball teams being here the best football team the only football teams being here yeah take that Canada and the best hockey teams like we take other people's sports and we're better at them too sorry Canada but (laughs) I mean we're so used to all that happening here that when we don't win the gold medal in 
women's soccer, if we don't win the gold medal in whatever team sport we're doing, basketball, for example, when we lost in basketball, it was like an American tragedy, right? And But when we win, it's just like a Tuesday, right? Right. Because yeah. you expect it. Yes. So I don't yeah. think there's anything in sports that'll do that. In fact, I don't think there's anything in the universe that would make Americans go out there and celebrate that way. Hmm. I mean, the whole universe. Yeah. Has there ever been anything comparable to the Croatian thing? Probably the Miracle on Walking on the Moon. Maybe Walking, walking on, on the, the Moon, moon. <laughs> was the last time. It was the last time collectively America was like, yeah, we did it. What's yeah. up, world? Yep, that's right. And then, <laughs> then we stuck it to Russia later, too. It's like, first to the moon, and we beat your hockey team. What up? <laughs> you and really, that was miracles? just like the state of... Yes. That was like... The states of Minnesota and Massachusetts, really. <laughs> it wasn't the full country. Just Mike Ruzioni's family, the whole block was just like going crazy. <laughs> they had one heck of a barbecue that afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it kind of makes me sad. Like these, these uh, smaller European countries and stuff, like, and even like South America, could you imagine if, you know, Argentina or you know, Peru or Brazil, you get to see it every okay. once in a while. So I was in, I was in Argentina. The, the team that won the league cup there, it was uh, mm-hmm. River Plate. Yeah, River Plate. That's what they're called. I know it's a Spanish-speaking country. It's not El Plato del Rio or whatever. No, it's River Plate. Okay. okay. Boca Juniors <laughs> is the other big team, right? Anyway, so I was living in downtown Cordoba, which is the second biggest city in Argentina. The River Plate won the league, and they shut down the city for a night and a day. A night and a day, the whole city is shut down because a club team won. Could you imagine if the Argentine national team won? Oh, Things would get messy. <laughs> right, so we have a rare opportunity with a tennis expert. Okay, not so much a tennis expert, but Adam... <laughs> Who four is years this a, ago? Wait, wait, is this a Wii tennis? Oh, is it? Okay. I know real tennis, please. You, okay. So I think four years ago, Adam knew a lot more about tennis than Adam now does, though, right? So I stopped watching all TV, anything connected with the world, for two years. Before that, I knew everything about tennis. Okay. Ask me about anything. Okay, but there we now, go. now, I'm a little shaky, but I watched Wimbledon. Okay, there we go. That's all I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about the Miami, Florida Open Classic for the blind, whatever. But, oh, that makes me sound wow. anti-blind. Wow. I love blind people. Do you know I really do. People? What? Do you know any blind people? No. Trivia question. about something else now. Best blind tennis player. Adam, you know everything about tennis. Go. Give it to Andy Roddick. If he were blind, he has a heart. He has a good serve. There you go. Apply some muscle memory in there. <laughs> Get in the right spot every time. Just his service dog takes him out <laughs> to the serving position and then go. Like Daredevil. So what's the tennis, what's the tennis update? I know Wimbledon happened, right? We got oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I wanted on. to talk about. So Serena Williams, I watched a little bit of the final, and she looked really tired, which makes sense. Because she's coming off of a devastating injury. <laughs> right? I mean, 10 months ago, she had a baby. And then she had to breastfeed the baby or whatever. And her pregnancy and her, her uh, 
when she actually gave birth wasn't like a normal birth. She had like health issues during that and stuff. So anyway, so I'm definitely putting that under the major injuries category. You guys with me? Uh-huh. Yeah, she like lost nine pounds of muscle. Just yeah. like that. Yeah, right? Oh, because it was a baby in there. I see what oh. she did. I ruined the joke. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> she's in the final, which is super impressive. So pregnant Serena wins the Australian Open, right? And then she has the baby. And less than a year later, and all the doctors say it takes more than a year for a woman's body to fully recover. I don't know how long it is, but it's definitely more than a year, definitely more than 10 months for a woman's body to recover. And then she almost makes it to the peak of her sport again. Serena Williams is amazing. Best female tennis player of all time. Hands down. She might be the best tennis player, period. I don't know about that. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so then another tennis no, star <laughs> another star our tennis expert bringing it strong. So another star of the tennis world, Roger Federer. He loses to Kevin Anderson. And I know what all of you are saying. Who? Exactly. So then Roger Federer loses. Is it the end of Roger Federer? We're worried about that. At least tennis people are. But Prisoner of the moment, please. Be not like Stephen A. Smith. Whoa. Been here. Roger Federer will come back. Next major. Play well. Be great. I think what he next major? needs to improve his, his diet. Too many Lindor chocolates. <laughs> He's getting too old for that. You got to cut the carbs. <laughs> so, um, Novak Djokovic won. Choke, you know. So, so I did. I did see one match, um, or at least was kind of following it. So, Djokovic played Kevin Anderson. Kevin Anderson in the semifinal played uh, the really tall American uh, Isner. Isner. Rocket serve, and uh, and both of them uh, have like an amazing serve and are super tall and kind of gangly, and so they're not like the quickest, right? But they're super good when they're serving, and uh, so like. They hardly ever dropped a set. And Wimbledon has this like quirky rule that I don't think any of the other Grand Slams have where when you when you end a, a match, uh, wait, a, a set tied, you go to um, the tie break, right? Which is just you got to win by two first to seven, okay? But in the last set, you can't do the tie break. You've got to win by two games, Okay, so you just like keep playing regular tennis until someone wins by two games. And so Kevin Anderson ended up beating Isner. I think it was like 26-24 in the final oh set. Dude, Isner will <laughs> play you for months. He'll stay out there for a month. Well, Isner is yeah. now part of the two longest matches in Wimbledon history. The fr- the longest he had one that when it, it was like the hundreds. Uh it was like a few years ago. It was like an eight hour match that took no eleven hour match that took place over three days. You're kidding. Three days. And so his his match with Isner, I think was in the six hour range, a little over six hours. Um but it pushed Djokovic and Adal who were in the other semifinal, they couldn't finish their match that night. And so they ended up finishing the next day, day when when Djokovic won. Um but it's like such a disadvantage to 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 Anderson after playing this six hour match, right? To then a day and a half later have to play Djokovic again, right? Uh, who's you know obviously I think he's just a better tennis player and probably would have won no matter how much rest they had. Yeah. But um, 
this is happening, or at least it's happened a few times now where you just have these incredibly long matches because no one can pull away in the final set. So I don't have many tennis takes, but my only passionate tennis take is just let him do a tie break in the final set. What a weird rule. No, like, no, 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 no. Anthony, England is the home of tennis. Is it? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Is it? Oh. Oh. We're going to call England the home of tennis. And then the home of tennis. Got to be unique. You got to be different. I feel like that's a rule across all majors. Is it? Is it not? All grand slams? Grand slams. No, oh, I mean majors. 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 I don't know. If it is, it should be changed. It should be changed in every other grand slam. Oh, Anthony, calm down. I know this is your only tennis hot take, but you don't need to melt the microphone with it. Calm down. It's coming in hot. All right, so I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a jaguar that escaped in a zoo in Ohio, I think. And he ate some things, like some other animals, some antelope, stuff like that. And As jaguars do. I mean, it's, jaguar going to do what jaguar do and jaguar Jaguar give a jaguar. That's right. And just like the, the Philippine basketball team and the Australian basketball team, I felt bad because I found that hilarious. <laughs> After multiple viewings, I found myself saying, good for you, Jaguar. I didn't feel bad at all. Like, you could have eaten Bambi, and I would have been like, cool, he's a Jaguar. So I'm starting to think I am a bad person. This Jaguar killed all of the alpaca in the zoo. There's some kid that's going to the zoo this week, hoping to see his favorite animal, the alpaca, the glorious alpaca. He's going to be told, sorry, the jaguar ate all four of them. <laughs> what a gluttonous, selfish jaguar. He's been pent up for too long, man. That's just too long to not hunt alpaca. You can take the jungle. Nope, messed it up. Yes, you did. Do you want to try again? Nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs>